1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend, Farron Morgan. Always a great time talking to Farron. Uh, and we covered a, a whole bunch. We talked about the FAA canceling uh, thousands of flights this morning, or delaying thousands of flights this morning due to government incompetence. We talked about the Biden regime attempting to ban gas stoves. Uh, great stuff there. And um, We talked about the House GOP finally growing some balls and how that's a great thing and how anybody who doesn't think it's a great thing should probably... Uh, ignore <laughs> forever um, a, a whole bunch of other stuff too I think you guys will enjoy it before I get to Farron guys if you haven't already please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod please subscribe on iTunes SoundCloud Google Play Spotify wherever you get your podcasts make sure to subscribe if you are an Apple user please take a few seconds to leave us a five star rating and a good review I'd really appreciate that and if you like the show and want to get involved you can support us monthly over on Patreon patreon.com slash the Podcast. alright without further ado the great Farron Morgan <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with Farron Morgan. Farron, thanks for taking the time. How you been?
0: Hey, well, thanks for having me. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Um, a ton to get to, as always. We have a ton to get to today. Um, this mo- We have to start here. This morning, the FAA grounded all flights in the entire country for several hours. I believe that they, uh, around 9, 9.30, started uh, letting planes take off again. Um, it was all due to what they called a computer glitch. They don't really know why. Um But I'll tell you what, it's not great that in the last couple years we've had, you know, massive supply chain breakdowns, a couple threats of a a, a rail union strike, um, problems with the power grid, now the FAA delaying thousands or tens of thousands of flights uh, when they can't even identify the source of the problem. Um, I mean, obviously me, I'm I'm a libertarian. I'm sitting back here saying, you know, private privatization would solve the problem um that's probably the only thing that can solve some of these problems um but the state won't allow it so um i I look forward to this happening again hopefully the next time i have to fly somewhere
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's one of like this is one of those things that i think in a in a highly digitized society um and and a uh, you know sort of hi- highly regulated and and you know uh, a society where go- where government has its hands and not just has its hands but has control of almost everything. This is essentially what we can expect. Um, you know, I I think that um, you know what's the actual backlash? People saying, "Hey, you're bad at your job." Um, you know, it's it's not, for instance, what we saw. When um, you know Southwest struggled with flights over the holiday season, and it was like, oh, we need to federalize everything, <laughs> right? right? Like, you know, it, it's like if, if something happens, um, if something happens on the government's on the government's watch, it's it's an immediate effort in scapegoating. If it happens in the private industry, government's ready to you know chalk the whole thing and and just take over. Um, but I do think like it is it is scary in in this time when a lot of you know sort of threats that are coming from other countries are coming through in in sort of the cyber world it it's scary to think that that everything is this sort of like delicate um that you know that things can go wrong so easily and so quickly and have such a devastating effect just in the snap of a finger and it's like oopsie <laughs> the yeah. response Um, you know, that's, that should be of concern to everybody.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And this is the logical outcome of government taking over and regulating everything. Yeah. I mean, like not only is government just incapable of the problem solving skills possessed by private industry, but it's, it's worse than that. Like when the government is in charge, they put ridiculous, incompetent clowns (laughs) in charge of all these agencies and like. I mean, the, the secretary of transportation is Pete Buttigieg, who is on the job because he's gay. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's like that's his qualification. He's a homosexual man. You know, like, if he was straight, he would just be some like white failed leftist former mayor of a town of eighty thousand people. <laughs> you know? well, like, well,
0: I mean, and and that's part of the problem with this sort of like thinking that says that your qualifications have to do with identity, right? Like, um, and, and we're seeing this. I mean, th- this this really reaches. Um, even into this debate about, you know, what's happening, happening in public schools and and the governor of Virginia announcing um, an investigation into Thomas Jefferson high school um, and and goings on there that prevented the school from, you know, issuing awards to to students that earn them based on merit. Um, The thinking being that, or the thinking allegedly being at least that, that there was, that it was going to hurt, you know, it's going to hurt people's feelings because the students who who earned those awards were primarily white and Asian students. Um, like when we are you know evaluating everything through through a lens of identity rather than a lens of capability, that that is as you said that's what we get.
1: Yeah, yeah. Buttigieg his his major major change he's made as a transportation secretary at the FAA is he changed uh, the notice to airmen to notice to air missions because you can't say <laughs> men. That was his big initiative. Yeah,
0: well, look.
1: I mean, that's that 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 was his priority, top priority, right there. You know.
0: <laughs> I, By way, I,
1: Pete Buttigieg is running for Senate in Michigan. He he recently a couple months ago he changed his address, his home address from uh from Indiana to Michigan, so he can run statewide there because he can't you win statewide in Indiana. Yeah. And uh, conveniently, Debbie Stabenow, the senior senator from Michigan, is retiring. So that that's what I mean. That that's why Pete has this job. But, you know, he wanted to be president and he can't, you know, and now he's secretary of transportation. Now he's going to move to Michigan <laughs> and announce he's running for Senate. I mean, that that's just like th- this whole process, like with the F- FAA this morning, like this is why communism doesn't work. Like this is why the Soviet system collapsed, because leftism replaces competent private leaders with moronic government clowns <laughs> like this yeah. happens like you know when the when the soviet they took over the farms then everybody dies of starvation i mean it's like yeah well, if you replace and... like a competent ceo of like let's say a private airport with a, a goon from a from the biden regime like yeah. this is what happens like you can't like this is why these leftist systems around the world always collapse
0: well and it, it also is what happens when you have
1: um, an administrative
0: state that, uh, has, has taken over everything. I mean, you know, at least if this were, if this were something that were sort of governed by the, by the house or, or where there was, you know, more sort of direct accountability, um, people would have recourse right now. What's, what's the recourse? Um, I mean, my, a friend of mine this morning, (laughs) I think you know, uh, Buttigieg was doing his sort of like Twitter, of course, not mea culpa, but like, right. we've got everything on track. Everybody don't worry. And a friend of mine just responded. Um, it doesn't seem like you're very good at your job. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, that's the response for most people. Like most people, as they're living their lives, they they want to be able to rely um, on on things running smoothly or, or if they don't run smoothly, there being some... Um, you know, some sort of accommodation for that. And when you have the federal government running everything, and you have Congress sort of shifting, shifting all of its responsibilities to the administrative state, I, this is what you get. I mean, oh, this yeah. is this is what you can expect is that if things don't go well for you, you will have zero recourse to it to address that. Um, and, you know, as you said, if this happened in a private company, you know, it, it, I think it's, I think air travel makes it a little bit difficult because there are only a handful of options that air travelers have, but they but they still have options, right? Like if you decide that you don't want to fly United, then you can fly American or, you know, whatever. Um, you don't have that option when the system that that's sort of in place to, to govern and, and manage everything, um, is a government system and that system fails.
1: And it was also funny in Pete Buttigieg's tweet thread. Um, <laughs> it's another reason why this would have been resolved by like 1 a.m. if uh, if the FAA didn't exist and these, these industries were private. Like one of Pete's, I, th- I think it was in the beginning of his, his thread, was like, well, I spoke to so-and-so at the FAA this morning. It's like, man. Flights have been grounded since like like midnight. Yeah. Or something like this happened all night. Yeah. My my buddy Ian Hayworth commented. He's like, yeah, I I think Pete seems like a ten to four kind of guy. Yeah. You know, that's what my guy does. That's what my out.
0: guy's got his phone on Do Not
1: Disturb. Yes. <laughs> yes. They all do. They all do. See, a private industry would have you know gotten out of bed, strapped their boots on, and fixed the problem last night. Then you get your, you know, the guy running for Senate in Michigan, you know, rolls out of bed at 11 and, and decides to figure yeah. out what's going on. It's like, my well, goodness.
0: I mean, and for a, for a much lesser crisis, right? Like, I mean, I've I've worked in private industry and, you know, if things go a little haywire, it's like there is an entire team of people who is like not sleeping for several days, just trying to make things work. I mean, in, in part because, um, you know, they have the responsibility not just to sort of, providing the good or service that that, you know, private enterprise um, supplies, but they also have the responsibility of, okay, well, if this doesn't go well, I have X number of employees who, you know, rely on me for salary. I have, you know, and, and, you know, X number of those people have children, they have families. Um, You know, I, I, I can't, I can't fail them. I have like these people who are, who believe in this, who've, um, you know, who've committed um, their professional lives to this. And I have to make sure that like things go well, not just for my customers, but so that these people can continue to uh, to to thrive and prosper and, and sort of live in abundance because of what I've created here um, or what I'm leading here. Whereas in government, you don't have that. It's like, it's basically impossible to get fired <laughs> if you're a federal oh, no. employee. Yeah.
1: Like,
0: you're, you're a lifer if you, you know, if you're, uh, if you're in that situation. So, I mean, and, and, you know, worst case scenario, you sort of get shifted around within the, uh, within the organization. So, um, you know, I mean, it, it is just the nature of these things. It's like, it, it, and I really like, I do think it all comes down to accountability. Yeah. Um, you know, for which there will, there will be none.
1: No, um, no, of course not. I mean, yeah. it all comes down to the you know, the freedom to choose as well. I mean, obviously, if, if, if these airports were all privatized, you could just, you know, like you said, if you don't like United, you can fly American. You can go to a different airport and do whatever. But right. you know, if you decide you want to stop funding the Department of Transportation, the IRS will show up in the middle of the night with, with men with guns, <laughs> and they'll kidnap you and throw you in a steel cage. And if you say, no, I don't want to go to a steel cage, they'll slaughter your family in cold blood in your home at midnight.
0: Well, I that's think, what that's uh, what'll
1: happen. They'll kill you. They'll shoot your dog. I, they'll kill your wife. Like that that's what like, happened. You know, there, there is no option here. You you have no way out.
0: My personal my personal I mean, and this this is like completely anecdotal, but um, you know, what I always think about when I think about how the Department of Transportation operates and how, you know, sort of state um departments of transportation or whatever their, you know, state corollary is um operate. I think about these um freaking roundabout <laughs> like oh, every exit i'm like there has to be they literally have to like you know during sort of high traffic times they have to have in rural communities a police officer post up because there are so many accidents on these things but oh, like gosh. some somebody has said like well this is better than having you know just using red lights um And I, you know, I don't know, like my my question always is when it comes to sort of like government decision making is how much data have you analyzed to sort of support this decision? And, you know, after the after a decision is made, um, how much and this is sort of the, you know, like vision of the anointed question. um, After a decision is made, what do you do after the fact to make sure that the decision was the right one? Um, and the reality is like nothing except sort of hammer political talking points um and and that becomes like, well, I think this because this is what my side thinks, and your side thinks the other thing, and so like let's just battle this out and we won't we won't get into the you know we won't get into the details or whether this actually impacts people's lives in a positive or negative way like let's just let's just carry on um with the
1: fight the uh here in northwest Ohio this was uh it was after one of the big Obama omnibus bills that blew out spending. Um, but the Ohio Department of Transportation got all this cash from uh from the feds. <laughs> and they had <laughs> they had to spend it on something. So what they did was they ripped up the roads out in like rural rural areas like outside of Toledo, like where nobody <laughs> where nobody drives. And so they, they ripped up. The, so in all these intersections outside of Toledo, like out in the country, they just put in roundabouts. <laughs> yeah, it took them like two years to do all yes. of them. They spent, I don't know, a billion dollars or whatever for no reason. I mean, these are like low traffic areas. You just need a stop sign. You just need one stop. You need a two way stop. Yes. You know what I mean? Like one side yeah. keeps on going. The other side stops. That's all you need. But they're like, well, we have all this stolen money. <laughs> we we yeah. took from people at gunpoint. We got to do something with it. Let's put yeah. roundabouts in the middle of ag country. Like what? Yeah. Like well, yeah. why? Like it makes abs- all it does is just piss off all the old ladies that live out there that don't want to deal with driving on a roundabout. You know, it's like I. It's just I don't know. I mean these people. I mean you. The audience already knows. I don't think any of these people should exist. I don't think any government agency should exist. But you know, yeah. mornings mornings like today, you get a reminder of why these people should yeah, be well, out of work
0: little extra dose. And, you know, again, I think that when it comes to these, when it comes to these things, there's no thought. I mean, I, I thought about this and it's a totally separate issue, but related in some sense. Um, I thought about this with, you know, the sort of like pre-Christmas rolling blackouts that, that some States did, um, you know, during the, <laughs> during the coldest period of the year for right. us uh, st- for, for a lot of states that don't usually suffer with that kind of weather. Um, you know, there's not really thought to the the thought is sort of just a general sort of like, well, this is how we have to do things. Um, you know, we're operating on a basis on sort of a generalized basis of like the quote unquote common good. And, you know, Tennessee, for example, Tennessee did, did keep, um, quote unquote, um, what what was the word that they used for it? I can't remember the exact word, but basically like necessary or sort of like emergency services open. So hospitals, airports, whatever, um, that, you know, those, those people, those people didn't, didn't, uh, didn't have blackouts. But, you know, if you think about it as just a human living in the world, like if you're somebody who has a small child who is sick, um, and you're caring for them at home. Okay, you have you know you have to deal with these blackouts. If you are an ag worker who's bit you know who's basically just trying to keep your your livestock living during this like crazy cold snap, um okay you have to deal with those blackouts. If you are somebody who has a relative at home, um you know receiving end of life care, okay you have to deal with those blackouts. Like there's zero thought um when when it comes to sort of these like big looming, um, you know, either executive agency failures. And I think this is true both at the federal and the state level, or, you know, these big looming executive decisions, there's zero thought toward like, what is the practical effect going to be for the individual? What's the practical effect going to be for the family, the neighborhood, the community? Um, you know, it's just like, well, this is what we have to do to accomplish this sort of like vague, Um, policy goal that we have, Um, you know, without without reference to, wow, we really have like made life very difficult, um, you know, for the for the people who who depend on us and and whom we're supposed to supposed to be serving.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, Another thing, uh, another example of ridiculous government overreach from this week Um, The Biden regime is going to try to ban gas stoves. (laughs) Um, By the way, my electric stove sucks. I I really want a gas stove. I mean, electric stoves are the worst.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think, um, you know, I mean, this is what government does. Government creates problems and then it creates solutions, right? Like, there's no, there's, there's nothing to this whatsoever. I think, like... Um, what is of concern is this sort of trend. And, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, of course there are things that we buy and of course there are things that we use that can harm us. I mean, everything can basically harm us. We're human beings. Um, but I, I I think that the, the trend that's concerning is, is basically the government saying like, just stay in your house and like, don't do anything. Don't use anything. Um, you might get hurt. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's this, I, I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, the folks who are responsible, um, for, for, for coming up with this idea should just like go work at Goop because that's like what this sounds like to me. This sounds like some, um, like don't wear leggings because they, like the plastic might seep into your skin. Yeah. Okay. But like, I, I can make that decision, but I don't want you to tell me not to do that. Like, I can make that decision as a consumer. I can, I can understand that like, you know, natural fibers are probably better than synthetic fibers. And, you know, I, as an informed consumer, I can make that decision for myself. I think the same is true of gas stoves or, or of, of really, you know, almost anything. I think, um, this is, this is like, we're, we're really coddling ourselves to death. Like, yeah. And and government is helping us do it. Um, I mean, it's,
1: it's dangerous business walking out your front door. Uh,
0: everything is everything is that. Da- There's an argument to be made that everything that we do is dangerous. People are in freak accidents all the time. But they, people get people, sick the, from all kinds of things. The thing,
1: I I almost think you're giving government a little bit too much credit because I just think these people get off on messing with people for no reason. Like I, honestly, I think that's it's like how can we just mess with people? How can we just stick our thumbs in people's (laughs) eyes for no reason it's like that's just what they do like these people are the worst like they just (laughs) mess with the little guy for no reason and like all the all the politicians are just hilarious too like aoc jumped on it right away because she loves banning stuff despite her posting tons of videos on tiktok with her gas stove also jill biden liz warren kamala harris they've all all of them (laughs) have posted videos of them cooking with their nice expensive gas stove uh, well,
0: I see my view of it too is that like I, I do think I do think there's this coddling, like you know, and not not to take it not to take in a totally different direction, but like you know, Nietzsche talks about the end of history being leisure worshippers, and and yeah. in fact, like a number of uh, a number of philosophers talk about you know the danger of worshiping leisure, and I think um, you know I think that the <laughs> I think we already were struggling with the worship of leisure, but I think that the, the you know, sort of pandemic was, was used to accelerate that. Like we should just be comfortable and risk and danger free at all times. But I, I mean, I also think that like, I know how this stuff works. Like this decision I'm sure is, is meant to sort of like advantage some manufacturer or some, you know, there's some political um, favor that's that I feel like this is probably motivated by um i don't think it has anything to do with protecting people no. maybe i maybe i maybe i am right i mean maybe you are right that i'm giving giving government too much credit for, <laughs> for thinking through like what they could actually use this for and and it really is just something that they're like um like you know doing on the fly um that affects people's lives and they just don't care about it that's i think that's fully Fully possible, but I also know how these people act, and I think there's always some sort of like political favor in the background my oh, My sure. favorite tweet about this though came from my friend Jose, and he just said why what, what is I think he said it was something like um, banning banning gas stoves is hispanic erasure <laughs> <I was laughs> like, oh, this, is, uh, this is perfect
1: <laughs> like the the reasons they're giving is like somehow gas stoves." damage cognitive function or something like that. Right. Uh, I I should I should look it up so I can give the guy Twitter credit. I forget who tweeted it, but someone just tweeted the video of AOC like, yes. on Instagram like dunking her head in a bucket of ice water because somebody on TikTok told her to. And yes. she was she was like standing right next to her gas stove. So everybody's <laughs> like, well maybe there's something to the whole <laughs> cognitive function decline gas stove thing. <sighs> <laughs> I I, I
0: mean
1: you're totally right that you got to follow the money like you know when when government goes to ban something it's typically because there's money involved you got to look at who's funding these people but I also think like government these people they 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 just like to see what they can get away with like they they like watching people jump you know when they say jump like they just want to see the peasants do as they're told it's like they, they know that gas stoves don't cause brain damage that's ridiculous that is almost yeah. certainly not true there's almost certainly zero science to back that up they just like seeing what the american people will do if they're told and it's like i mean everybody
0: every I mean, some...
1: knows everybody knows that if you ban ar-15s it will not have any effect on school shootings like yeah. there's no like aoc joe biden they, i mean i just you know okay i I Maybe terrible examples. But I I was going to say there isn't there isn't a Democratic politician on Earth stupid enough to actually believe that I maybe I listed the two people that actually are. But (laughs) like it's everybody there's never like the the purpose for any of these bans or regulations. It's never legitimate. They just like I, I think they do get off on it like they find fulfillment in life by just messing with us just yeah with
0: i think i mean i think that's such simple me- i mean it's it's simple messaging meant to appeal to a part of the population who is fearful um and i think that there are lots of people who are fearful and you know a part of the population that is fearful and and that also has like very little experience just carrying on living normal life um i i think that you know it, it it's meant to coddle a people who are already highly coddled expect coddling and respond well to coddling um and i think um you know i again i think that like in that sense there's a kind of like cruelty and cynicism in all of this because again i think that like it requires an extreme mistrust of a population that you know if if it's not educated well enough to be able to to look at what data is available about say for instance you know what whatever is being released by by gas stoves that may or may not be harmful to people like if you don't believe that people can look at the data that's available to them and make a decision on that basis um you know you, you are sort of a snob right like it's really snobbery at, at its at its sort of like logical conclusion in the political system um but i i i do think too that like um you know while 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 politicians are making these decisions they're also trying to limit what information is available to people like what oh, information course. they can access and that to me is the wildest thing is that it's like okay well here's what we think is going on kind of here's some like very limited data okay we're going to we're going to really seriously consider banning gas toes but then on the other hand it's like Oh, you can't talk about like, you know, for instance, the, the, uh, I mean that, you know, you, you look at like that, the opioid stuff, the, the stuff that the Sacklers, um, you know, had that, uh, that sort of revealed that they knew what was going on and that they, you know, continued to sort of advance, uh, the sale and distribution of opioids, like yeah. that stuff was sealed. Like yeah. the reason that that ever came to light was that it, you know, those were leaked, court documents that had been sealed by the court. So it's like, how does this work, guys? <laughs> like, yeah. You can't simultaneously be telling us, like, no, nah, we got you. Like, don't worry about it. And then, you know, like withholding information or, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as the Twitter files have revealed, actively trying to suppress information.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's why the the state is freaked out so bad. I mean, that's why Democrats hate Elon Musk so much yeah you know, they they're dependent their entire scheme is dependent on the ability to control the flow of information. you know they yeah. already have the entire press you know at their disposal. i mean there is no there isn't a journalist left in this country. um the profession is gone. we should start calling it some something else you know the, the corporate media is just the propaganda wing of of the Democratic party you know they have them on lockdown um and they had been using social media effectively um as the Twitter files have shown. Um, to, to not just, you know, stop the spread of information regarding COVID and stuff like that, but to, to literally spread like war propaganda, you know, the, the the Pentagon was spending millions of dollars, um, using Twitter to promote the Saudi Arabia's war of genocide in Yemen, the the bloodiest war, um, since Vietnam, a war that's killed over 500,000 women and children. Um, Yeah. Not only with bombs, but also with mass starvation due to the Saudi blockade of the entire country. So it's like, I mean, these people, you know, and they're freaking out now that the sixth most used social media platform in the United States or seventh, something like that. You know, hardly anybody's actually even on Twitter. But, uh, you know, they're they're freaking out that this social media platform is actually letting people speak freely and exposing that the FBI and the Pentagon have been using it for nefarious purposes. And they just can't allow it. They can't let that happen. Honestly, I think they'd kill Elon Musk if they could. I, I, you know, Elon Musk has joked a lot about how you know the government's coming for him, and I'm like, brother, <laughs> I don't know if you know how right you are because these are these are killers.
0: These you are know, this, killers that this you're whole thing about. really reminds me. I, I was thinking about this this morning. Um, <clears throat> I think it was Chappelle's last monologue uh, on SNL and his most recent SNL appearance, where he talks about like. Understanding the appeal of Donald Trump. <laughs> and I think he, I'm going to butcher it, but he says something like, um, you know, what Donald Trump, Trump did was that he came out of the house and he said, you know what? Exactly what y'all think is going on in the house is what's going on in the house. Yeah. And people were like, whoa, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh like this dude who is an ins you know who is an insider who's participated and benefited from all of this yeah. is like telling us that this is what's going on um and and you know and he ends the joke by saying like and then he went right back into the house right which which i think you know personally i think to some extent is true but like that really is, is the Elon Musk thing is that like this guy who people see, I mean, and he is an insider. I, we talked about this last time. Like there's no part of me that thinks that like Elon Musk is just a lover of, of free speech and is totally altruistic in this. Like he is, he is a businessman, right? Like I, I think that, um, I think his, I think his hand ended up being kind of forced on, on the purchase of Twitter, but like, you know, now that he has it, he understands that, um, that he can use it. I mean, and even these Twitter files, like, you know, these, these journalists that, that are, are uh, sort of like combing through all this information, this stuff is like being released on Twitter as a condition. And then like, you know, sort of later they're unpacking it on their Substack or, you know, whatever, wherever it is that they're um, whatever their chosen outlet is. Um, but even so, I think that like, that really is the thing. And you know that that doesn't just put that sort of like revelatory approach to, uh, uh, to to leading, especially a social media platform in a time when it's been used in the ways that we now know that it's been used. Um, I think it's good for business, but it also you're right. Like people, the people who are participating in that system, and it's not just people. You know, we I think that there's a sense that okay, well, the the left does this, the right doesn't have any sort of like a uh, corollary like pressure campaign. I think the legacy right absolutely does. I mean, it, it, not to like use WikiLeaks for everything, but it was the left and the right who who stood for instance to be harmed by WikiLeaks and it was the left and right who you know m- it was it was folks who were who who were on the left and right who exerted extra legal political pressure um you know to to suppress that kind of information. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's really what we're seeing is that like, uh you know, it, 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 and it's not good for it's not good for institutions and trust in institutions because it's one of those things. It's like, <laughs> like I don't know if you had this experience. My mom, when I was a teenager, was like, man, you shouldn't put X, Y, Z on the Internet like that stuff's not going away. You know, you're a teenager and you're like, ah come on, mom, <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you're overreacting. That's not what's going on, whatever, whatever. Right. It turns out that like, you know, cynical moms everywhere were exactly right about like how that could be used. The same things happened, um, in sort of the, you know, speech and information space, which is that there were all these people saying like, man, I think this is what's going on. Like, it looks like this is what's going on. And the sort of like, broader mainstream narrative was like, oh, these people are just crazy or they're cynical or they're using it to their benefit. But when everything that those people have said, when everything that these sort of like skeptics or, you know, gadflies have said about these institutions, social media institutions, you know, participation and sort of like communication between executive agencies and, you know, private, quote unquote, social media companies, all that stuff you know, as it turns out is true, it's like, okay, well, what else is true? Um, and, and I think that like, you know, that really is, is trust. People keep saying and have been saying for years that trust is at an all time low. No, now trust is at an all time yeah. low and rightfully so. I mean, I, I, I actually think that that questioning and that willingness to question and, and the embrace of that by a broader part of the, the population is
1: a, is a really good thing yeah absolutely, and it makes the corporate journalists just look ridiculous Yeah, yeah there there isn't a single one of them that have taken the Twitter file seriously. They just mock it or ignore it or lie, and you know, but it's like come on I mean these people you know and one more thing we we have to mention, and it's kind of on this topic as well before I let you go is House Republicans are opening up investigations into the FBI and other agencies over their targeted harassment of the right of Republicans. Um, which is fantastic. I mean, every single one yeah. of these these government agencies need to be investigated. Make them all testify under oath. Shame them, embarrass them. You know, they, that, that's the most important thing that the House GOP can do. You know, with the slim majority they have, is just investigate these people. Haul the the head of the FBI and and all these agents that were that we're using Twitter for nefarious purposes, you know, haul them in front of Congress, make them testify under oath. You know, this this is the actually actual important work. You're not getting anything passed that Republicans would like in the next two years with a Democrat Senate. But uh, just investigate the living crap out of these people. You know, these people need to be held to account.
0: Well, and I think it's it's so interesting that that you say that. I mean, you know, it it really like Paul Sperry at um, a real clear investigations has been covering this stuff for, for years at this point. Um, and, you know, ironically enough, he, (laughs) it was revealed, uh, that, that Adam Schiff specifically reached out to Twitter about, um, you know, suspending his account, um, in part because of, of his, you know, sort of knowledge and understanding of, um, some of the, (laughs) some of the sort of, uh, less than fair goings on, um, you know, in in institutions over the last several years and during the last administration, but you're, I mean, you're exactly right. Like these things have to be investigated. And and I think that, you know, there's been this sense that institutions are so sacred that they can't be questioned. Like something like the FBI is so sacred that it can't be questioned. Um, and I think that, you know I, I think that that's that's been really dangerous and i think it's something that continues to be used um, you know it, that that sort of like sense that like we have to be able to trust these institutions because what else do we have um that's been used as a messaging point um you know against people's sort of own interests against the public's interests
1: the founding fathers um, explicitly denounced that line of thinking
0: yeah yeah, and I, I, um, I think you're right. I think like the sort of like opening up and continuing to sort of like shuffle around <laughs> and out, um, what's actually been going on, um, and the sort of like depth and height of what's been going on in these institutions, like this is what people have to know, um, and they have to know it because they, ha- you know, it, 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 people do deserve to have trust in in government, and right now. That's just not possible. Um, no. It's it's literally not possible.
1: No, absolutely not. And I, I hope, you know, I hope, um, you know, all these guys that got got all the concessions out of uh, Kevin McCarthy, like we mentioned on the last show, you know, Chip Roy and all these guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope they are ready to get in there and fight, too. You know, I, I hope they I mean, look at look at how the Democrats de- elected officials have treated the rest of us. For yeah. generations. I mean, I, I hope I mean, these these House Republicans, they need to impeach Joe Biden right now for anything, well, for any. A multi, I mean, there's a, a million illegal things he's done. You know, he'd be brave, he wakes up every morning and breaks the law from the illegal executive orders, getting a bunch of soldiers killed in Afghanistan, drone bombing civilians. I mean, there's a million yeah. legitimate reasons. I mean, the Biden regime has killed a whole bunch of people. Um, there's a there's a million legitimate reasons to impeach. And so, so do it every day. Impeach him every day. For a different reason, you know what I mean? Like Democrats yeah. have gotten away with bullying Republicans for generations, yeah. and like I feel like a lot of Republican politicians, and this is kind of the divide. It's not, um, it's not you know conservatism versus populism or, or whatever the establishment versus the Trump people. It's it's not like that. It's people that are content being punched in the face and doing nothing about it. And then the handful of guys that actually want to punch the bully in the face. You know, you, you don't deal with a bully by standing athwart history while getting your brains beaten in and yelling stop. <laughs> you, yeah. you deal with a bully by knocking him out, separating him from his consciousness, beating him down so badly that he's too terrified to mess with you ever again. That's how you handle a bully. And it seems like there's a few of these guys in the, in the house GOP that actually are waking up and starting to understand that hopefully it's not too late.
0: Well, I think, um, I think (laughs) I like my, my cynical sort of like, you know, I spent 10 years in Washington view of that is that like the reason that people haven't wanted to punch the bully in the face is because they really want to be liked by the bully. I mean, it's like some mean girl shit, you know, it's like, I want to sit at your, I want to sit, I want to be able to sit at your table at lunch. Um, and, you know, I think that's part of it. And I think the other part of it is that there's this notion that like, well, quote unquote, we don't do things that way. Um, that's not the, that's not the sort of like, you know, quote unquote civil way to do things. Um, well, is the civil way to do things to, to to lie down and let the people who you're supposed to to represent be impacted these pol- by these policies until their lives are destroyed? Because that doesn't seem ex- exactly civil to me either. And I think You know, that's where I'm really encouraged um, by what I see on the right, because I think on the left there and and traditionally on the right, like there's been this view that like you go along to get along with the party line and, you know, whatever the majority of the party thinks, uh, you you think it too whether or not that's what you actually think. Right. Right. Um, And I think that like in, in the Republican Party, we're starting to see it become this sort of um, place of experimentation where ideas that traditionally haven't been allowed to to sort of come to the surface or ideas that have been considered, um, you know, so distant from what the left wants, which like, you know, the what the left wants is so far left that like center is left. <laughs> to, right. to, so, I, you know, I think that, um, I think sort of seeing those ideas come to the surface, seeing that there are a handful of people who are willing to say like, I'm not sure I exactly, you know, trust McCarthy or that I, that I, that I'm going to get what I want with this. And, and so I'm willing to like, you know, hold up the process. That's, that to me is ultimately a really, really good and encouraging thing. And I hope that what we'll see is, you know, not just more sort of voices in Washington, because I think that that by definition is, is, is extremely limiting, you know, not just that those voices are elevated, that but that more people's voices are elevated. And that, you know, the actual experiences that that people are are having in this country, that people of all kinds of, of of backgrounds, whether you know they're sort of professional, political, um, you know, racial, religion, whatever it is, like that those ideas are elevated that, that actually to me, and I, I know I'm an idealist in the sense and that there are lots of people on the right who don't even believe that this is possible <laughs> anymore. But like that to me is what this country is and should be is those voices being elevated. 100%. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I, I mean, I feel good. <laughs> I, think <we> all, <laughs> I think we should all feel good about, um, you know, about sort of that bubbling up a hundred percent,
1: a hundred percent. Yeah, and like the house is going to vote on on uh, abolishing the IRS, you know, ending the yeah. federal income tax. Obviously it's not going to pass. It'll probably only get 40 or 50 votes in the house, you know, most Republicans don't even believe in that. But uh I mean these ideas can catch fire, you know, and yeah. getting getting that process started maybe uh you know, that I, I, the American people probably don't even want to abolish the FBI right now or the IRS, but you know, maybe 5 10 years from now um You never know. I mean, Ron Paul started bringing up auditing the Fed or ending the Federal Reserve in in 2008, and most Americans didn't even think about the Federal Reserve or didn't even know that the Fed existed before before then. And now it's a, you know, it's not a consensus Republican position, but I'd say probably a majority of Republican voters would vote to at least audit the Federal Reserve if given the choice you know well, we'll see if that ever happens but you know looking back you know 15 years like that wasn't on anybody's radar nobody was even thinking or talking about it
0: no and this is the this is you know and look how <laughs> look how ron paul was treated by members of you know the opposite party and members of his own party in his own time for you know for bringing those ideas to the surface or bringing you know sort of the idea that like hey maybe we need to take care of uh you know maybe we need to to take care of our own houses before we um sort of meddle in, in, in the affairs of others like it, called unpatriotic right yeah. like yeah. basically anti american for for an idea that is now like sort of a, a you know mainstream view for for many uh many in the right wing um and I think that that's that is important you have to have you do have to have those people who are willing to say like hey guys. Like, I know you're not thinking about this. I, I know that you are like, you know, worried about the sort of actual impact of what's going on. But let me peel the curtain back a little bit um, so that you can see, you know, sort of where some of your frustrations are coming from and why. Like You have to have those people. You have to have those people. And if, you know, if you don't have those people, what you get is the Republican Party of George W. Bush, where um, there's no meaningful difference between the left and the Right. Um, except sort of like what's said in the press and sort of like what criticisms are levied by the press um i you know it it really does take sort of a, a few uh a few people who are um you know who are not so self interested that they can't put their own interests aside uh for the people that they serve
1: 100% I couldn't agree more uh, Farron thanks so much for doing this it was a lot of fun yeah. hopefully you can come back on soon where can everybody follow you online keep in touch all that good stuff
0: yeah I am um, I'm on Twitter it's my name which is kind of funny to spell F-A-R-A-H-N Morgan um, and I write about uh, Appalachia on my sub stack um, which is Long Road Home
1: everybody follow Farron she's great that's all I got for today I'm Brady Leonard I'll be back on Monday no gimmicks <laughs> Thank you.